taking part in our worship service this morning. And so uh, thank you so much for, for lifting up your voices and singing. I know the Lord was pleased with this. Let me ask you, if you would, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We want to look at a familiar passage, um, just a few minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll look at uh, verses um, uh, 15 through 16, I believe. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, pardon me, 2 Timothy. They're all grabbing their head back there in the sound booth. 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3, wrong sermon. We'll get that other one later. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 15 through 16. You know, uh, all of you are well aware of the devastations hit our country down in uh, Texas and up the coast, Louisiana, and um, around a little in New Orleans area. And it's been a pretty troubling week for a lot of people, a lot, lot of people. And so our president met with some of the uh, religious or evangelical leaders of our country uh, this, this week, this past week, and uh, issued a call to prayer for today. You may have heard that announcement. There is a National Day of Prayer scheduled on, on the calendar every year. But this is a little different from that. He's called a, uh, a National Day of Prayer, uh, particularly for the devastation that's happened because of uh, Hurricane Harvey. And so uh, it's been the first time in a long time where a president has called for a day of prayer. And of course, uh, we want to just pause now and have a time of prayer as we focus upon the hurt and the devastation of some of our fellow citizens and what they're going through. Some of those are, uh, many perhaps, hopefully, are, are believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, but yet uh, we all serve in one race, and that's the human race, and we're all part of that human race, and we need to make sure that we're compassionate to everyone who's going through a difficult time right now so many are. And so if you would just uh, let's bow our heads just for a moment and let's have a prayer as we remember those who are suffering so much in our in our country at this time. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time and we humble our hearts as we approach your throne of grace and mercy. Lord asking you, Father, to reach down and touch our country. Lord, there are so many people this past week whose lives have been devastated because of a natural disaster. And so, Father, we pray for them today. We thank you for those who are close by them and willing to, to help and lend a helping hand and rescued so many. And we thank you for those who are volunteering to serve in evacuation centers. And we thank you, Lord, for for those who are working so hard, we're here, they're there. Help us, we pray, Lord, to lift everyone up involved in this in prayer at this time. Lord, we're so dependent upon you. And Lord, we pray that you would let them know those that have been uh, touched in some way by this disaster that uh, their hope can be found in you. 
And Lord, you're the God of hope. You're the God of peace. You're the God of restoration, material things, but then of our own spiritual things, a restoration of heart and mind. And so, Father, we pray now that you would reach down and begin to comfort those who have lost loved ones, comfort those who have lost their, their homes, comfort those who perhaps are, are out of work, comfort those we pray and provide their needs, Lord, through us as we reach out to help them in any way that we can. Be with the volunteers there. Father, this is a massive undertaking, and we need your help. Lord, we pray because we're dependent upon you. You're sovereign God. You can do anything. And like we experienced in our own personal lives in, in a time of our church history and our community, Lord, you can answer prayers there as you did here. You can perform miracles there as you did here. And so, Lord, we ask that you do that. Father, we pray that, uh, that we'll always remember those who are going through a difficult time. Help us never get the images out of our mind of those who are hurting and suffering, that we might just humble our heart and bend the knee to pray for them at this time. Thank you for what you're going to do. Pull our country together. Father, we pray that we'll uh, be stronger than ever. But be with this community or these communities, Father, that was hindered by this storm. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. May I've heard on the news, I will mention this, that Southern Baptist Disaster Relief is really involved in a relief effort. And uh, I believe on our screen uh, that you perhaps uh, viewed a few minutes ago as it scrolled down to Southern Baptist Convention Disaster Relief, you can go online and you can give financially online to the Southern Baptist Convention Disaster Relief Fund. They're really discouraging. I've talked with people from our uh, state convention, and they're discouraging people from coming down right now or going to Texas or Louisiana right now. They really need funds to purchase things that they need. I know when we experienced volunteers coming here, we appreciated them coming, but we got so, so much. All of a sudden, we didn't have any place to put it, nowhere to store it. Got a lot of things that we really couldn't use, couldn't need. We had to dispose of, get rid of. So they are, they're asking Alabama right now to, uh, to, to hold off about coming, but, uh, but we are asked to send funds to the Southern Baptist Convention Disaster Relief. Uh, we'll be, uh, uh, we'll be uh, meeting this week with our Budget and Finance Committee to see what we might can do as a church and to help with some funds to send to the Southern Baptist Convention Disaster Relief to get things that they need. So if you would, please uh, be in prayer and what God would have you to give as we reach out to these. 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you would, uh, ver verse 15, and I'm gonna have to, you'll have to listen fast this morning. 2 Corinthians 3, 15. Paul speaking to Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This morning I'd like for our main text to be verse 15 and the A part of verse 16. Verse 16, the A part says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
I really struggled this week in trying to hear from God the message that I felt like he wanted me to share with you. There was so much happening uh, with different things that there was so much to that that I really struggled and prayed and asked God for, uh, for, for just the word that he wanted me to share. Our country is, is, in, is in serious trouble. We're in serious trouble. There's, a divi- there's division, there's strife, there's, there's, uh, at times there's really, I believe, anarchy. Our country is uh, in the process, is, is experiencing the, the worst natural disaster in our history. Hurricane Harvey, over 30,000 people have been evacuated. That just uh, amazes me to think of that number having to leave homes. Over 30,000 have been evacuated and put in evacuation shelters. Over 200,000 homes uh, have been destroyed. 200,000. Only 20% of those that lost their home or had to move out of their home, only 20% of those had flood insurance. Um, 80% did not have any type of flood insurance uh, or any type of financial assistance to help rebuild or to redo their home. Think of not having any flood insurance, and I'm sorry you weren't covered by a flood, and your home is completely destroyed by the hurricane or uh, damaged severely by a flood. Well, 80% of those found themselves that way. So we have a tremendous problem. We have a humanitarian problem, a crisis uh, in, with food and with water and with shelter and medical f- supplies and facilities. I saw, you probably did too, where one evacuation center with cots, just I don't know how many cots were in there, but hundreds of cots, and that shelter was flooding, and they had to be moved. Entire hospitals closed and patients evacuated to other hospitals. Nursing homes closed and trying to get our senior citizens and those in wheelchairs and to, to places of safety. Chemical plants spreading contaminants in the water and people are waiting in that water. And warning from the health department by the authorities that there's disease, uh, you know, disease and, and mold and, and uh, un unhealthy chemicals that people are breathing and walking in and there's a there's a, a severe warning of typhoid that could break out and dangerous reptiles snakes and gators also been located in the area you can't I can't imagine what all these people are going through so the question is where can they find hope where can they find encouragement where can they find strength if we go through a crisis like that where can we find hope and strength and encouragement Where can they find the assurance that they're not alone? Where can they find a peace that overcomes the fear that so many of them are experiencing? I prayed uh, before today. I said, God, what do you want me to preach? And, and, And the answer is simply this. Keep telling them to renew their commitment to my word. Tell the people to renew their commitment to my word. Isn't it kind of fitting this morning that today begins a new church year And the theme of our new church year is returning to the word. Returning to the word. That word return simply means it suggests that we've left the word of God and we need to come back. Returning to the word. We need to return to the word. We need to return to the Bible, the word of God. 
and we need to see the importance of the inspiration of the Bible. It is the written word of God. When you understand it and accept it as the word of God, the written word of God, listen, friend, it could change your circumstance. It really could. It could change what you believe about your circumstance. It could make a difference on your life. Once you come to the realization that this is the inspiration, the inspired word of God, the written word of God. And so therefore we need to study the word of God. We need to obey the word of God. We need to share the word of God. We need to trust and believe the word of God. So you've heard me say in the past, and I want to pass along again, it's an expression that I heard from Adrian Rogers years ago, and I'll quote him. He said this, and I've used it since then because really it's a pattern of my life too. Is he said, and I'll quote, What keeps me going in life when difficult times come, when sorrowful times come, when trials come, when crises come, it's not how I feel, but it's what I know. And what I know is the Word of God. We can't depend on our feelings during a crisis. We can't depend on our feelings when sorrowful times come. But what we can depend on is what we know, and what we should know as a Christian is the Word of God. We need to be able to turn to the Word of God and find solace, find peace, find comfort, find encouragement just through the Word of God. Why is that? Because it is the Word of God. It is the inspired Word of God. It has outlived, it's outranked every book that's ever been written. There's no book that can compare to the Bible, to the Word of God. And when you sift out all the problems in the world, you've heard me say this, when you sift out all the problems, you'll find that man only has three problems, and that is sin and sorrow and death. You say, well, Brother Sammy, I know there's more problems than that, but all of, all of the problems that we experience are, are, they are kind of a uh, sub of sin, sorrow, and death. That's our three main problems, and the Bible is the only book in the world that has the answer to sin, sorrow, and death. And because of that fact, we should be grateful for the Bible. We should be thrilled for the Bible, grateful that we have it. Why is that? Because of how it came to us, because of the person of the Bible. Jot this verse down. Will you have it there? Look at 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. And that from a child, Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Timothy started early. He was discipled by his mother. He was discipled by his grandmother. He was taught the Bible. He was taught about the Word of God. That's what we need to be doing in our homes today, and I hope that you are and pray that you are. That's why home Bible study is important. That's why Sunday school is important, to have your children in Sunday school, that when they reach a, a young adulthood, when they experience a crisis, they can go to the Word of God. They can pull the Word of God from memory, perhaps. Very important. From a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration. All Scripture. Notice, all Scripture. You can't pick and choose what Scripture you want to believe and what you don't want to believe. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All Scripture is inspired. That word inspired, the Greek word theopnitos, simply means breathed out of the mouth of God. All scripture is inspired. Just as God spoke the universe into existence, 
just as he breathed out his word, let there be light, God has breathed out his word in written form. It's God's word. A better word than inspired is expiration. When a person dies, they expire. They, they breathe out their final breath. God breathed out his word. It's inspired. God breathed out his holy word. The problem is, um, with some, they'll say, well, men wrote the Bible. I hear that from time to time. Some man wrote the Bible, or different men wrote the Bible. Well, the Bible says holy men of God spoke and wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean, Brother Samuel? Well, God breathed it unto man, and they were involved along with the Holy Spirit. They were moved to write the breath of God, what God spoke and what he said to them. That's awesome when you think about it because God used different men with different personalities, different experiences, different vocabularies. Some spoke uh, Greek, some spoke Hebrew, different vocabularies throughout the Bible. They spoke to record without error his, God's, revelation to man. And they, they jotted it down. You say, Brother Sammy, I mean, men wrote the Bible. That's what they'll say, but... But how could God use men to write the Bible? Well, he used Mary to He used Mary to reveal His Son to us. Was Was Mary a sinner? Yes, she was a sinner. We're all sinners. She was a sinner. She was She was a sinner. Did Did Mary, the sinner, conceive the Son of God? She conceived the Son of God. Did she give birth to the Son of God? She gave birth to the Son of God. She was just a human person a female, God chose to reveal his son to the world. And God chose different men. We call them prophets in the Bible. He chose them to jot down as he breathed to them his words to us, and he revealed his word to us through them. The point is God used human authors to write, to be an agent, to record without error his revelation to man through his word. It is the inspired Word of God. Now, the New World Translation, Jehovah's Witness Bible, uh, was written by a man. The Mormon Bible was written by a man. The, the, the Book of Mormon, the Koran, was written by a man. But the Bible was breathed out of God and recorded by men. Hold up any Bible. Hold up the Word of God. Hold up the Holy Bible, and you have in your hand a, a revelation of God through the written word. Jesus emphasized that uh, it's divine in nature. Let me jot these scriptures down. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to what God says. Matthew 4, verse 4. And we're dealing here with the, with the divine nature of the Bible. Matthew 4, verse 4. The Bible says, he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So Jesus gives testimony of the divine nature of the word of God. And then in Matthew 24, verse 35, God's word says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. There again, evidence of divine nature of the word of God. The point is, you and I need to take a lesson from Timothy, from a child continue to learn the scripture, continue to learn, continue to believe in the God-breathed nature of the Bible 
and build our lives on it. That's what Timothy did. He built his life on it. And I'm grateful today for the Bible because of the person who sent it, and that was God himself. It is divine in nature. Let me close with this. I'm grateful uh, for the Bible, for the promises that are in it. Did you know there are over 4,000 promises in the Bible? Did you know 4,000 promises? Did you know that there's 10 promises every day of the year for you from the Bible? That's a lot of promises. And God's word promises that we're all sinners. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that to be a fact. That's a promise. God said that. We believe that. But he also promised to forgive us of our sins. John 1 verse 9 simply says that if you confess your sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So we have a promise that we're a sinner. We have a promise that our sins can be forgiven. That's anyone's sins. That's for the prostitute and for the drunkard and for the thief and the murderer and the, and the druggie and the gossiper and the slander and the fornicator. All of those, regardless how bad you might think you may be or someone else may be, God will and can, can and will forgive them of their sins. That is a promise. And not only that, but he gives us a promise of eternal life. Romans 10 verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in John 3 16, familiar passage, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a promise. John 3 verse 36 Another promise, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. He promises to be with us, be with you and me as his people always. Hebrews 13, verse 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness and content with such things as you have, for he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is a promise. When you go through hard times in your life, Isaiah 43, verse 2, God says that he's going to be with you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. Uh, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Those are promises to us from the divine inspired word of God. He promises to come back for us one day. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, he speaks of that day when he'll come back. He says for us to look for him, that there's coming a day that he's going to return. He said, I wouldn't have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, as others which have no hope. But if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So he's coming. He's coming again. That is a promise. That's a promise that he gives. So I'm grateful for the word of God. I'm grateful that it's the inspired word of God. And I'm grateful that it's, it's filled with promises, over 4,000. Now, let me encourage you. Bring your Bible to church. Come early. Take this day for his day. Take this day to study his word with his people. Take this day to sit in and, and worship and hear the word. Come back tonight and be discipled in his word. Or come back on Wednesday night for a devotion time. Anytime you can meet with God's people to study his word 
Let me encourage you to do that. Let your children know the importance of God's Word. Know where your Bible is at all times. Put it under your pillow. Make sure you read a verse or a chapter a night before you go to bed. Very important. Why is that? It is the Word of God. The Word of God. Let's have a prayer together. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your Word. Thank you, Lord, that, that we know that it is from you that it is inspired, it is breathed out of your mouth, and holy men of God, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, wrote what you would have us to know in written form. We know that. This is your word. And the prophecies of your word, have, many have already come true. Many have already come to pass. Others are yet to come, but we're waiting on those knowing that they will come to pass. Father, thank you for the promises that are in your word. Thank you, Lord, that we, knowing that we're sinners, we can be forgiven of our sins. We can have a home in heaven, and one day you're going to come back and, and receive us unto yourself, and until that time, you're going to be with us, and you're never going to leave us. Lord, those are promises. And I pray in some way, those that are in devastation today in Texas and Louisiana and up the coast, that a Christian will come by, share with them your word, Give them the hope and the peace and the encouragement that they need that can only come from you, God Almighty. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time today. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.